This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. to another podcast episode. I am super thrilled with today's topic. We are going to dive into what it looks like to replace the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel of life-transforming grace. And I have none other than Ruth Jo Simons with me. She is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and she's founder of Grace Laced. And I feel like, Ruth, everything that you do just has like this aroma of just beauty with it. And and I love it because it's such the opposite of me. I'm more this very minimalist kind of cut and dry. And so I just, I, I want women like you to just kind of come close to me and maybe it's just going to kind of rub off on me so I can figure out how to be more creative and artistic and beautiful. And so I just love what you bring to the world with the gifts that God has given you. And this book is kind of something different. We were talking about before we started recording something different than you have done before. And um, you're getting to walk out the message of this book as you are launching it. And I, I can't wait to just talk more about that. But first, for maybe the few people who aren't totally familiar with you, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Crystal. I am Ruth Jo Simons. I live in Western Colorado with my six sons. Yes, I have six (laughs) boys. My oldest is 19 and studying abroad this year. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I cried a little bit 
just a little, like for a few days, nonstop. But um, he is in his third year of college and um, I have, my youngest is eight. So we're kind of in that whole multiple stages of parenting right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband, Troy and I have been married for 23 years. And in previous seasons, I just like to share this tidbit. We, he was a pastor. He was a headmaster of school. We've been in local ministry for most of our lives together. And in this particular season, we're all in with gracelace.com and my writing and speaking ministry. And we're still involved in the local church, but we're super excited to be able to um, do the work that I do online and reach women around the world with um, beauty and truth. And so mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I'm grateful that that's how you perceive the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, I think it's just such a representation of God because if we look around it's beautiful. Like he created Absolutely. all these, yeah. this beauty. And it just, I think it's, is the way that you're reflecting him through your life. And, you know, I, I've, I love, we were talking ahead of time about how we have been, we're kind of the grandma bloggers, you know, totally. <laughs> we've been yes. on the internet for a long time and we've seen a lot of evolution it's of like dog the ears, internet. You know. <laughs> and so you started originally, you were a blogger. Yes. And do you still blog at all? Or? I do, okay. um, but not quite by myself. Like the team helps. It's a little bit more of a community blog now through the brand. And so it's not, I feel like I blog more microblogging on mm-hmm. social media now through Instagram. The blog itself is not my primary area of writing anymore. Okay. And then Grace Laced, did that kind of come out of blogging? It did. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, the blog started... 13 years ago, and I literally called it Grace Lace, thinking, oh, let's smush these two words together. It'll be neat and nifty because back then, that's seemed cool. And I just wanted to discover how God's grace is laced through my everyday life, which is really interesting that now, all these years later, a decade and a half almost, I'm finally telling the story of why grace matters and why mm-hmm. grace is the cornerstone of my ministry, my life, my my work, and why I talk about it so much. And so it's kind of just a long time coming. But um just years later, I think around the time that you and I even met at a conference, um, I was sharing a little bit, just artwork that I was doing during nap time. Like when the, I had a newborn baby and I was homeschooling and um, just in the afternoons when you have that little bit of space and you're watercoloring around and I was writing a few words on Instagram and I would just stand up and do a quick flat lay photo with my cell phone. And that became the earliest versions of what you see a lot of um my work now where it's paintings set to flat lays in, in a natural environment on the table. And so it's just really sweet and special to see that progression. And so my first book, um, Grace Lace, Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart came out in 2016 mm. from that. And then you said you've been doing these full color devotionals. Mm-hmm. And so that first book was that a it devotional. Mm-hmm. And so how many devotionals have you done? So there's Grace Laced, and then there's Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship, and that came out um, a few years ago as well. And then, yeah, that one was maybe the most artwork I've ever done for a book. And then uh, there was Garden of Truth and Fields of Joy. Both are more like verse and quick truth to preach to yourself books mm-hmm. and stuff. And so then my husband and I released a book together um, during the pandemic, uh, called Foundations, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family. It's a family mm. worship, family discipleship book. Mm. So. And then now, When Striving Cease is mm. your new book, and this is your first trade book. It is, yeah. 
And so how many, so your devotionals, how many words would those typically be? Probably about half, like 25, 30,000 okay. maybe. But then you feel like you're doing the book twice because it was so, the artwork that I do isn't meant to just be like, it's not like clip art on the corners. It's that the art is symbolic of what you're reading mm-hmm. and you're like walking through a journey artistically as well. And I signed up for that. Like I asked to do that, Crystal. So, I mean, there's no one to blame for how much work I have to put into that, but really it's supposed to be an experiential journey as mm-hmm. well. And like a visual journey, the goal is, and even in this book, um, even though it's primarily, this, my new one is primarily words with mm-hmm. line drawings, but it's still, there's some drawings in there because I want us to linger long on each page where it's such a rush, rush culture that we kind of want to read through something. And sometimes when I read, I'm like, skimming and I'm just pulling out the first lines. I'm highlighting what I can take away and usable. Sometimes we do that with our Bibles as well. Mm -hmm. We kind of just go, what can I get that can just help me right now? And we don't sit in it. We don't soak it up. And I like to use the word, we don't marinate in Mm -hmm. it, right? And so I think when we don't spend the time with heart work, we actually wonder why it's not taking root. And so I've sought to create books that cause you to want to sit a little bit longer with it take a little more time. You can't breeze through it too fast. And with the full color ones, I hope they stay open on the coffee Mm -hmm. table so that maybe you might just take a moment and go, I'm going to sit here for a little longer. I'm drawn in. And now I want to spend a little more time with these words and hopefully point, they point you back to the word of God too. I was just thinking about you know, the effort of writing a book, that's a lot. But to then have this whole artistic journey, I have so much respect for you to put all, I just can't even imagine because that is like you're doing two completely massive projects and intertwining them in one. That's a lot. It is. It is. And, um, but so far I'm really grateful that I haven't lost inspiration for it. And I mm. think it's going back to what you originally said we were created to be image bearers. And mm-hmm. so I don't have to come up with the coolest, most amazing ideas in myself. I can let my soul take in what God's already created. And that helps me stay inspired because quite frankly, I can't do what he does. And you just have to step outside to realize um, how creative God is. And so then the pressure's off on me a little bit. you know. So this book, we were talking about your first trade book. What kind of inspired you to make this pivot from doing these beautiful full color devotionals to then a trade book. Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes in my, my tone in my Instagram posts, as well as in my devotional books, they've never been super personal as in like, I'm not telling stories about myself. Mm. I'm really writing in a way where as concisely as possible, and I'm glad for this kind of genre, but as concisely as possible, if you're going to sit for for five minutes with me in this devotional, I want to open up the word and cause you to take something that you can think on all day long. There's not a lot of room to tell stories of how I got to that understanding, right? There's not time to tell you what I went through when I was a child to like bring this reality to bear. I just kind of give it to you. And I say, listen, here's the verse I want you to think about. This is the context. This is what I've learned from it. Boom, boom, boom. And then run with that. And I love that genre. I love devotions. I love being able to do that. But this is the first time I've been able to tell my immigrant story, the fact that I was born in Taiwan, immigrated to the U.S., lived between two cultures, struggled with belonging, struggled with approval, struggled with performance culture, and ultimately how that made it, number one, hard to understand the gospel and understand the grace of God. And number two, how I ultimately 
broke free. It wasn't as dramatic as it sounds, but ultimately how I ultimately came to the understanding that I'm not meant to carry it all on my own. I'm not meant to earn it all on my own. And for a recovering perfectionist, I can lay my strivings down because what God has provided, which I think we we think we know what that is, but we're we're actually not quite sure sometimes because we're running around so exhausted. Um, what he's provided is actually so much better than what I can do on my own. And it was time to tell that story because grace is the cornerstone of my life, but I haven't really gotten to share that until this time. Mm. So right in the introduction, like two pages in, I think, let me, let me look. Oh no. Yes. Two pages in, you have this quote. If we believe Jesus is all we need, then why do we live our days worn out, fearful, and anxiously striving as if we are lacking and unable to measure up. That is profound. Mm. And I just think all of us need to stop. Like you were talking, we need to take more time and not just rush through reading or listening or whatever to just really sit and think, if we believe Jesus is all we need, then why do we live our days worn out, fearful, and anxiously striving as if we are lacking and unable to measure up. Mm. I feel like the worn out, fearful, and anxiously striving, those are words that describe so many women. And I know I have been there so many times. Would you say that kind of if we find ourselves worn out, fearful, anxiously striving, that's a red flag to stop and say, what's going on here? I think we think that we're supposed to find a formula that'll fix that issue and then we'll never be the worn out, uh, fearful and anxiously striving kind of woman. But the reality is, I think we're all the side of heaven. We're going to be struggling with that in and out. And so for anyone who's listening right now and going, uh, yes, I'm worn out, fearful and anxiously striving. Don't let your shoulders drop in despair and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind and Oh no, I'm, I'm the one she's talking about. No, I'm the person I'm talking about too mm-hmm. every other day. And so I hope we get to talk about this right now today, but just the fact that this is, you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Yes, it's a red flag, but it's a red flag for all of us. It's that we are wired to carry everything on our own. We're wired to think that we're the saviors of our own lives. And this book is meant to be a love letter to those who are striving and constantly running around going, maybe around the next bend, maybe after the next webinar, maybe after the next self-help book, I'll figure it out and I'll fix my life. And I'm just here to walk with you and say, that's not what it's about. And that's not how God created you. And ultimately he's provided for everything you need to lay that down. So the title of your book is When Striving Cease. And then the subtitle is Replacing the Gospel of Self-Improvement with the gospel of life-transforming grace. I would love for you to kind of unpack that for us a little bit of what is the gospel of Mm self-improvement? Well, the word gospel really means good news, right? It came from the original word that meant good news. And so we, as um, people of faith, we talk about the gospel being the gospel of Jesus Christ, about redemption. And we'll we'll unpack that further. But ultimately, that the gospel of self-improvement is that we in this day and age and right now our culture is obsessed 
and believe that self-improvement and making ourselves just a little bit better, trying just a little bit harder is the good news, is, is the good news of how you can get the life you want, achieve the dreams that you're, you're after, and that all your problems will go away if you could just be a little bit better than you are right now. And it's exhausting. So the gospel of life transforming grace, tell us what that is. Yeah. You know, and what's difficult about this is when I say the word grace and the word gospel and salvation and redemption for those of us who've been in church, you might like be feel tempted to step away while you're listening to this podcast and go grab a cup of coffee because you think, oh, I already know. I know what she's going to do. She's going to give me the Sunday school answer. And what I'm seeking to do is to say, sister, friend, whoever's listening here right now, you might think you know what grace is, but if your life doesn't feel like it's gone through transformation, and if you are still carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, and you are fearful, striving all the time, anxiously trying to gain something you don't quite trust God for, which is what I really define striving in my own strength as, then you may have missed what the gospel of life transforming grace actually is. So yeah, the grace biblically is the unmerited welcome, favor, love of God. And I think sometimes we think it's enough to save us to heaven and, and pluck us out of hell and save us, you know, for eternity in heaven, but we don't think it's enough to sustain us in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to hopefully change your mind about that. So how do we get from the, the woman that's listening and she's saying, oh, I'm just, I'm tired and I've been just trying so hard. I, I bought this book and I got this planner and I <laughs> am, you know, listening to this person and following this person. And I, I'm trying so hard yeah. to change my life yeah. because I want, I want what you're talking about. Like I want that that freedom, that peace. I, I don't want to live in this space where I'm just so exhausted all the time, but I don't, I don't know how to do anything different. Yeah. So first of all, I want, I'm, I'm a bit of a visual person. So I think of everything that you just described, good podcasts, a goal setting planner, or taking a, a, a special, you know, webinar class, listening to a podcast that helps you with tools. And those are all great things. So let's put that all in a category and think of it like a whole bunch of stuff that you're going to set on um, this tray. Those are not all bad. I'm not knocking those things. I'm not saying all forms of self-help are not helpful. They can be, but let's just set that aside and say real quickly that if you spend all your time focusing on what's in this tray, your only option is to keep adding to that tray like constantly filling it up, going, what's next? What's next? I need another thing in this tray to help me. So you're going to be constantly feeling like your toolbox is empty or you're running out of ways to cope. What I'm saying is when you grapple with what is already true about you, if you surrender to the God who made you, then what you have is an entire room filled with consuming love that makes a tray just a tool, a, a set of tools, a set of things that help you partake of the meal, or it's like a pen, like, oh, I'm going to jot some stuff down. I need a pen, but it's not the content of everything in your life. And so the freedom that we have is not going to be found in that tray of tools. The freedom that we have is when we have a new identity. Mm. And so I think we are, why we're so exhausted for the woman who's listening right now going, 
but I just signed up for three or four different things that are supposed to help me, I'd say, okay, that might be a lot, but I'd say, you know, yay, I'm so grateful and glad that you have motivation to sign up for some of these things and and take the next step. But that will never be enough if you don't do the soul work to recognize that you were created for relationship with God and you were created to be known and loved and actually really welcomed into his presence. There's no amount of tool building or tool accessing that will get you closer to your true identity in Christ. Mm. And that reminds me of on page um, 15 of your book, there was this, there's so many profound statements in here. I just kept underlining and dog-earing my pages, but you said, my most anxious, weary, and discouraged times are not simply seasons affected by circumstance. They're seasons shaped by wrong core beliefs about God. I think so often we feel like our circumstances, that is what really changes you know, how we feel. Right, right. And we wait for the circumstance to change. And we're like, I'm only feeling this way because I went through that loss, because I was expecting this to happen and never happen, because, because, because. But that sentence that I wrote that you just read came out of just being the most honest and vulnerable about the fact that it's what's going on in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's going on in what's going on in my heart. It's that if we, if it's true, the Bible tells us that we were tr- we were created for God and to be with him forever. If that is true and it is, then what's broken is actually the way to him. What's broken is that we don't draw near. Can I share a story and say that, you know, what that that's born out of realizing that it's pretty um, maybe philosophical when we go, you know, what's your understanding of God and that affects you. I'll just get real practical and say, I was raised by a dad who didn't know how to communicate super well. And before he became a believer, actually really struggled to be tender and kind and um, wasn't really involved in my life super well. But I was that middle schooler who really, really wanted to be able to share what's going on in my life and have my dad be a daddy to me and like be like, oh, honey, come sit on my lap. And so I tell the story in the book that one night I was literally coming home from my middle school day and telling all the stories of who liked who and who did what to whom. And I was really into it. And I was standing by the sink after dinner and my dad didn't even look up. And that night I was just so indignant. And I was like, why do you, why do you never listen to me or, or say anything or respond to what I'm telling you? And I was so surprised by what he said. And I'm not saying it scarred me for life. I'm just saying it was just a picture of how it really is. But he looks up and he says, well, you haven't finished the dishes yet. Mm. I want to. I wonder how many of us think that that's how God is responding to mm-hmm. us. Well, you haven't read your Bible yet. Well, you haven't served in Sunday school yet. Well, you haven't spoken nicely to your children, even though you said you won't yell anymore. Well, you actually were snarky to your spouse until you fix that. Until you like clean up your life, um, or you know what? You still have that hidden sin that you've never really told anybody about. The truth is. We were made to be changed and be holy and to stop yelling at our kids and to, and to unearth that hidden sin. No, it's not a free pass to just go on and on and be the worst version of yourself. But the crazy thing is we take on all of that guilt and condemnation and think, God doesn't want to talk to me. I haven't done my side of the deal. 
And that's the opposite of grace. That is opposite of the gift of grace through Christ. And I can't, I'd love for you to just take my word for it, but ultimately I hope this drives you to, I, I hope, well, one, I hope the book helps you have like a quick way to process this, but I hope it drives you to the truth that's been left for us in the word of God that tells us what God really desires from you and for you and how he's provided for that in Christ. And so, yeah, that's just a practical, like, I, I just want to be honest and say, that's what I mean by a faulty, faulty idea of God is that if it may be your fault, you know, somebody who's listening right now, maybe you had a terrible relationship with your dad. Maybe the men in your life have not exemplified anything that's kind and nurturing and safe. Maybe you can't even picture how a heavenly father would be like, come close, nestle in, because nobody's ever invited you to cuddle and share your heart. And I'm just saying, um, God does an incredible job telling us who he is, what kind of father he is, that he literally heals the brokenhearted, that he says that we can find shelter under his wing. There's so much in the scriptures that tell about who God is, but sometimes we just uh, make up stories in our own minds about who God is. Maybe we look to earthly examples and say, well, that's probably how God is. And sometimes, um, and this might be a little convicting for all of us here, but sometimes we just don't even go to the Bible. We just go Mm -hmm. to Instagram or social media, or we go to some quick little thing and we're like, oh, she said that. So I'm sure that's all it is. And, and that shallow, that little surface layer of understanding of God isn't quite enough when you go through the deepest heartaches, when you lose a child, when your marriage is falling apart, when you go through financial loss, when you go through a global pandemic and you don't have answers, when everybody in your family stops talking to each other. Okay. So, so some of those really painful, hard things, I think it's unearthing for a lot of us the reality that maybe our faith has been really shallow and we've been caring and striving because we don't actually know who God is and how he wants to provide for us. That's so, so good. In the time that we have left, I would love for you to kind of take this and make it practical for the woman who she is longing for this. She wants to understand and have a relationship with her heavenly father that maybe is very different than what she's had with earthly her earthly father or men in her life and she wants to see him as her abba father and you know see just really feel this relationship and all that he has for her instead of just reaching for that tray of tools or trying to just do this in her own strength Give us some practical takeaways for this woman. What does this look like in your life? Because I know you were talking about just even walking this out in your book launch of, you know, kind of, it's easy to get swayed to the numbers and striving and, oh, Mm -hmm. I need to do all the things to make sure this book is successful and stuff. How are you practically walking this out in your life? I think it's an inward thing and an outward thing. The inner work is something that nobody can help you with. You have to do it yourself. You have to be willing to turn off your phone and go on a walk and talk to the Lord and maybe just be vulnerable enough to assess your own life and say, what am I anxiously trying to manipulate or control in my life because I don't quite trust God to give me mm-hmm. whatever it is? You have to ask yourself that question because that's how you're going to find how you're striving and what you're striving for. 
because all of us are looking for assurance, belonging, welcome, love, comfort, maybe self-worth. Those are all the things that we're striving for. So you need to ask yourself, trace the way your way back. What is making me most anxious today? And if you trace it all the way back, what is it that I don't believe God will give me? And so I have to get it myself. Mm. So you start there. That's like a, that's a practical. If you need to go back and write that down, jot it down, put it in your journal and start there. Do the soul work. I mean, that's not trying to be super like, you know, deep or guru ish about it. I, you just have to ask yourself that question and not let yourself get away with not answering it. But secondly, you're not meant to do this alone. And as much as we all want to think that somebody online is our best friend, you need somebody who you can walk with. And I would really encourage you before you go, like, I can already like see that one person who's listening right now going, I tried, you know, but um, I would really encourage you to pray about and seek out um, somebody in your community. This is why being a part of a local church really is more than, it's not meant to be a country club. It's not meant to be just about potlucks. Go and seek out somebody and say, I need to know what God's done for me. And I need to know that if I believe that, what is my new identity in Christ? Those are, those are the two. Start with that. Ask somebody, a trusted older woman in your life and say, I need to know what really grace is and what Christ has done for me and how I have a new identity because of that. Let's mm-hmm. start there. And if for whatever reason you need a tool to help you with that, if, if you are still looking for someone, I'll just say, um, I really did write about this in my Bible study, Truth Filled, um, because we walked through Colossians and it's good place to start. You don't have to have the Bible study to to learn this. I would encourage you to start with the book of Colossians even and read about who God is. He starts, Paul writes about everything that God has done and everything that God is and what he's done through Christ. And then you get to the practical stuff of, okay, so how do I now, he says, well, now you can put all the stuff off and put all the stuff on. And we kind of just want that formula to run to that first. But what I'm saying is, hey friend, if you want to like get to the point where you there is forgiveness in your life that you can show kindness that you don't hold on to every bitter thing well you start with what god has already accomplished so that you don't put all your hope in your accomplishments mm-hmm. and that's where it begins so starting in the letter to colossians would be a good start picking up a bible study walking through that with a mentor those are really practical things and so would you be willing to kind of get vulnerable and talk about how you're processing this in your own life yeah. when you're feeling like I've got this trade book, sure. I, I want it to do well, and yet I don't want to strive for yeah. something. You know, um, for those who may not know what my everyday life is, I also run a company. And so when you run a business, you care about numbers, you're thinking about revenue, you've got all these full timers on payroll, right? You care about those things. When you share your heart on social media, um, I'll just be right honest. You noticed how many people are responding. You notice whether somebody finds that insightful and helpful. You could pour your heart into sharing something and then find that nobody read it, right? Those, those are measurable things. And then when you publish a book, which I'm not saying everybody can relate to this, but I know there's something in your life that is related to the idea of working on something for a really long time, like I did with this book. And then you put it out into the world and maybe somebody paid you for this work and you want to go like, I want to make sure I didn't fail here. And so wanting excellence in itself is not the problem, but striving is when, let's say I get 
my joy is out the window and I'm stressed out and I'm not able to rest. I can't take time off because in my mind, I'm thinking if I don't deliver the results that let's say somebody else expects of me, I expect of myself that can come in terms of sales or numbers or how, I don't know, just how many interviews I I squeeze in and how well I did on a podcast or um, whatever. I mean, fill in the blank. There's so many ways to measure and be fearful. And in some ways, sometimes it's just the fear of, will people like me, right? And so, yeah, those are all really real ways in which I had to fight it every day. And what that looks like in my life, Crystal, is that I wake up in the morning and if I feel it rise up in my soul, like if that feeling of like, oh, I've got a eight o'clock appointment and then I've got a nine o'clock and then I got to look at numbers and then I got to think about what my strategy, right? We all wake up with some version. If you are working on the internet, especially there's some version of, oh, are you applying the strategies, right? When I feel that rise up in me, I first, I have to stop and just go, okay, real quick, (laughs) strategy, numbers, and everything aside, what is my end goal today? Mm. What is my app? I mean, these are questions I ask myself. What is my actual end goal today? Because if I'm doing all of this so that I achieve a certain number or that somebody else will like me more or that I'll get a certain paycheck, I know where that leads. I will be depleted and exhausted. And so practically speaking, this is one reason why. I open my, my Bible app. I remind myself of the truth that I've already forgotten in the last 24 hours, even though I've been walking with the Lord for a while, I forget. And so that's just an encouragement to anyone who's listening who may feel like I should know this already. Like, why am I still struggling? And I'm just saying, hey friend, I'm still struggling too. I'm still struggling too because this side of heaven, the struggle and the ache And the constantly going, am I the boss or is God the boss? Do I really trust him or do I need to save my own life? That is meant to drive you back to God and say, I give up. I don't know how to do this. I am making a mess of my own life and I'm stressed out, you know? And when you feel that, rather than go, I'm going to go hide in a corner until I chill out, let that drive you back to the Lord. And I even said this morning when I got up at a hotel and came and took an Uber to your house, Crystal, I even said to myself, I mean, I literally said out loud, and it was a prayer to the Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I'm tired. I'm a little scared. I feel like I'm really not as capable as everybody thinks thinks I am. And so um, I'm, I'm going to just need you, Lord, to do what I know only you can do and what you say is all about you. Don't let this be about me. That's all I have got. I I have to start there because otherwise I'd show up trying to be the most amazing version of myself. And that never, that's never freeing. I feel like there's nothing more that needs to be said, but thank you so much for being vulnerable, for sharing that. I think so many women can relate to that feeling of, you know, God, I don't have what it takes. I feel like that's multiple times a day for me. And, and yet God is so faithful when we look to him. We have Him. We don't have to do this in our own strength. And so thank you for writing this book that is about stop striving and start looking to Jesus and relying upon Him and finding fullness of life in Him. So if anyone's listening and feeling like you just relate to this so much, which I have, what if, wager to guess, 
probably 99% of you, go grab a copy of Ruth's book, When Striving Cease, Replacing the Gospel of Self-Improvement with the Gospel of Life-Transforming Grace. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 